0: Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington, and on today's show, we are getting into the Great Muppet Caper. (laughs) Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know that my mic, for whatever reason, didn't pick up my audio. So what you're hearing is directly through Zoom, which is the platform we use to record with guests when they're in a different location. And if I'm being completely honest, my energy bank to edit it to make it the quality i normally give you isn't that full right now so this is what you get it's still a great episode with Elrinthia she's brilliant and once you're done listening you really need to go check out her work i feel like you'll still get value out of this episode regardless of the audio so hang in there friends i appreciate you okay now here we go to the show The Great Muppet Caper was released in 1981, and you guessed it. It stars all of the Muppets we love from the mind of Jim Henson. But before we get into it, let me introduce you to my guest. Alrinthia Carter is an Emmy-nominated comedy writer. Black lady Sketch so, so I might've done some fangirling and didn't tell her because I didn't want to embarrass myself. And improviser, currently based in Los Angeles, California, well-known for her passion for photography, which is beautiful by the way, teaching improv classes, the Muppets, and finding the perfect funk rhythm on the drums. Alrynthia is making her mark on the world through public service and bold creativity. When not making stuff up on stage, she is an obsessive plant mom and kitchen DJ. Her patron saint is and will always be Prince. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Alrynthia. I love your bio, everything about it says we should be friends
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know and every time I like I send it to people I'm like oh this is like really long but I'm like I don't know what I would cut because I literally still do all of those those things things. (laughs) so yeah
0: well and I love that you're like hello the Muppets are my thing and then that's what we're talking about today so it's like clearly you're the most perfect person to bring on for this topic um, and I was recently in Minnesota. I think I actually DM'd you because we drove by Paisley Park, and she I think did. you told me like, oh, you can do a tour, and I had no idea. So I was like, ah, oh, next time I come to Minnesota, I'll make sure I do the tour.
1: Yeah, next time you go, I basically I need to go do it again because last time I did it, I basically cried most of the time. <laughs> um, and I'm 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 literally wearing the shirt. Oh, I a- love hair. it. I don't but know, it's just
0: the thing. <laughs> I was working in um, residential care when he passed away and the care nurse and I, um, she comes running into my office and she's like, Julia, I'm shutting the door, You stay seated. And she told me what happened. And we were like, can we cancel today? And our staff was just like, you know, doing what our staff does, driving us crazy. And we were like, not today guys, like we are sad. And we're playing Prince over the audio system. Don't really care what these old white people have to say. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, and I guess I was a counselor, you know, working at a university. So it's like, you know, still in that caring profession, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: I was at lunch (gasps) and I noticed like my phone was blowing up and I'm like, what is going on? And I saw like, someone said something like Prince and I was like, and he had been sick. Right. So I was like, all right, I can't deal with this. So after lunch, I look and I look, I get like, had like 30 text messages letting me know that Prince had died. And I got, I went back to work and my coworkers were all like gathered around my office and they were like ready to like, they're like, do you need to go home? And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm fine. I thought I was fine. Yeah, Like still met with students until one student was mean to me. And I was like, and I was like, I I gotta go. I have I can't do this.
0: Like not today. Not today. We lost, we lost the literal prince. The only one that matters. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let's get into it. We always pull the summaries from Google because culturally that's all we do anymore is we Google for information. So I love to pull what Google has to say. And here is what Google has to say. In the second live-action Muppets film, intrepid journalists Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo snag an assignment reporting on a British jewel heist. Arriving in England, the trio settles in at the raucous Happiness Hotel and seeks out socialite Lady Holiday, the victim of the theft. Soon, Miss Piggy appears, intending to work for Lady Holiday, but she ends up being framed by the aristocrat's scheming brother, Nicky. Kermit and company work to clear Piggy's name. It is very rare that Google gives us a pretty accurate summary and I feel like this one nailed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's basically like the whole movie. It's probably like the best kind of like encapsulation of what the pro- the plot is. Yeah. All the extra stuff, you know.
0: Right, right. And sometimes Google will give us a summary and you're just like, I'm sorry, did we watch this thing?
1: <laughs> Did she just get this from the back of the box, or like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah? Like, okay. So, at the time of its release, Roger Ebert gave this film two stars. And I this, I, I can. I've read almost every single review he's ever done. This man is not. I'm like, he want I'm sitting here like, can we figure out? <laughs> he's want a Pulitzer, and I'm trying to figure out why. But I guess I'm looking at it through like modern era standards. Yeah. This is what he had to say. Quote, Henson and his associates have developed a screenplay that pays attention to the Muppet personalities. Instead, they ship them to England and dump them into a basic caper plot, treating them every bit as much like a formula as James Bond. This won't do. We don't care about some dumb diamond the size of a baseball. And as Muppets fans, were probably also indifferent to H- Henson's ambitions to satirize old movies genres end quote but again after reading almost every single one of his reviews he doesn't always appreciate films that are fun just for fun's sake and also we've concluded he's a misogynist because he rips like 90 percent of the female-led movies he reviews
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and I think like his exact description of the movie is the point of the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like you're almost there (laughs) Roger,
0: <laughs> I was like, Sir, do you not understand what they were doing? Because I understood at like as a five year old.
1: <laughs> exactly, like we all got it. Like, come on. I mean, I think maybe I'm more of a Leonard Malt- Maltin girl too. Mm, yeah, maybe it, but yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so I want to start at the very beginning before we get into any of the other stuff. When did you see? Like, how old were you when you first saw this film? And do you remember what your overall experience was like? Because I'm now assuming this is what sparked your love of the Muppets. But I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I feel like they came on 81. And so I was like, I don't know, like two. But I was already watching, I guess, movies that I probably shouldn't be watching at that point. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> I I was a very, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier on socials that I was watching Moonlighting in second grade. So yeah. I was very, just a weird kid. Um, but I feel like it's like, it's one of those things that's always been in my life, just like Prince. And I don't remember when I first started, but I, I do remember... my first favorite muppet movie was um the muppets take manhattan
0: oh that one's so good
1: yeah and i still love that one but i think like this one like whenever i whoever exposed me to the great muppet caper like did it at a time where i was like i need jokes i need sharp joke structure Mm -hmm. (laughs) kid, and i need like miss piggy to be like a star even though she's a star in all the movies yeah,
0: yeah I feel like she's
1: a bigger star in this one
0: yeah and I love the misidentity you know the mistaken identity I I'm a sucker for that shit like I hate it yeah. when I'm watching it but then I love it at the same time I'm just like it's so much fun
1: yeah yeah and I love that they like overall they don't explain anything like they mm-hmm. just like yeah of course she would be You know, she would be confused for Lady Holiday. There's no question about that. No one is going to correct you. And I love that, like, even, like, speaking as a woman of, of, like, of size, like, she's like, yeah, of course, this pig is, like, plus size woman. Of course, she's, like, a fashion designer. Like, what else would she be, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, Miss Piggy is so much fun. I love her. But do you have a favorite Muppet in general?
1: So, my favorite Muppet is Fozzie.
0: <gasps> I love Fozzie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love Fozzie. Maybe that's what led to me being, you know, becoming a comedian. I don't know. Waka waka. Waka waka. But I love that Fozzie is just like, I'm a stand up comedian. I'm obviously not good at it, but I'm just going to keep trying. I'm just going to keep slinging these jokes and having yeah. like a fabulous time um and I fell in love with him on the Muppet show so yeah he's He's just got an
0: overall good attitude too like every time someone is like Fozzie blah he's like okay let's just try (laughs) something else but like he's just such a he's just got such a great disposition like why wouldn't you want to hang out with Fozzie
1: yeah like he's always just down the clown like I feel like the same person they feel like we're just like yeah let's do it let's go it doesn't make sense, but whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I forgot that this movie, cause I forgot, because I know I don't know if they're still doing it now because I haven't seen the most recent episode movie, but I forgot that they talked about how Fozzie and Kermit were brothers. And like they talk about it in this how Fo- 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 Fozzie and Kermit are brothers. And I love like that running joke through the whole beginning of the film where they're just like, we're (laughs) twins or something like that. Like, what? And then, Bozzie, put your hat back on. Oh, yeah, now I see it. And you're just like, yes, (laughs) like that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think that was just like their characters for this movie. And it's just another thing they just don't explain. They're just like, Yeah. yeah, obviously. But like the one part that creeps me out of this movie is when they showed a picture of like their dad yes and it's like the green Fozzie. it's always creeped me out
0: (laughs) yeah okay thank you for saying that because I saw the photo and I was like I don't know if this is comforting
1: no it's
0: it's awkward (laughs) with this particular film did you have a favorite scene
1: so I was I've been thinking really hard and I think for me like I love overall I love like the big musical numbers um, especially like the first one where they're just talking about making a movie, and I love that they are just like, "Listen, we're not going to give you any any explanations for the rest of this movie, so we're going to give you a quick primer mm-hmm. on what's going on. Here's all of the characters that you're going to see, including Lady Holiday, just happens to be in New York, yeah, and the brother, and and just like, and then we're going to throw in some explosions because. You know, one of like the things that Jim Henson loved that I read was like throwing explosions in- into things. And so that's always kind of giving me the giggles. It's just like yeah, yeah. seeing Sweetums and Dynamite and all that stuff. But I think my official favorite scene and it's always my favorite scene is when Miss Piggy is being serenaded by Charles Grodin and Kermit while she's yeah. in the bathing suit. yeah. Like, hands down. Love it.
0: That's a good scene. Yeah. And Charles Gruden, I
1: mean, God, how hot was he in this movie?
0: Ah, right? I was like, wait a minute. Did I always know that you were hot?
1: right like is this the same guy from beethoven this can't be
0: this can't be it's those moments in life when you watch movies from your childhood as an adult and you're like wait what hello hot (laughs) like that's like i'm i'm listening to the pod meets world podcast and kind of following along and and then you so i watched you know the first couple episodes with them and i was looking at alan and i was just like huh i yeah i get it yeah
1: you're just like okay
0: but it's kind of like Brian. Will
1: Coulter on um, the bear yes where you're just like wait this is not the same kid that was in meet the millers right this can't be the same kid and you're like what and he's British what
0: <laughs> yeah. and I actually think you and I've had that brief conversation too and now those posts keep coming up and I'm like do I flood everyone's DMs with these theories. Absolutely. Or do I... Okay, good do to it.
1: know. <laughs> do it, because I am invested in yeah. this glow up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good glow up. Okay. So let's get back to Roger Ebert's review. We kind of do a lot of Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert bashing on the show, which was RIP posthumous, whatever. But like, also he is the gold standard for so much writing. Even if people, even if movie critics think they weren't influenced by him there, his influence is still there. Like he was such a huge part of the movie critic scene and so he comments in his review about how he doubts kids would understand what the water ballet is satirizing because there's this really great scene where Miss Piggy is doing a water ballet and there's like synchronized swimming and it's just Fair I thought enough. it was a lot of fun and that the, mo- that the Muppets are clones of other popular kiddo heroes of the time and that the caper plot is basic And so I really just want to get into his review and why he's wrong.
1: He's either wrong or like so close to right, but he will never get, I mean, I guess he'll never get there because he's dead. (laughs) He'll never get there because he doesn't want to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because he has has in the past, I forget which movie it was, it might have been Mean Girls. He was like, this movie's trash, and then came back later and was like, okay, just kidding. I, uh, I uh, watched it again and I realized the error of my ways. Or, and it might not have been Mean Girls, but he, I, that has happened in his world before. But it made me think, like, with kids' movies today, <clears throat> mm-hmm. like, Pixar does this thing where it's, like, so layered that adults are weeping and kids still love the movie. right. And, and I feel like Muppets is kind of the precursor for all the great kid content that we get decades later, because they are really just like, Hey, here's the layer that's great for kids. And then when you're, if you're an adult, here's the layer that's great for you. Right. And I kind of felt like I, well, and it made me think was that I'm trying to remember, you know, 35 years ago is really hard (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Yeah but it made me think like oh I guess maybe that's a, that that was a new concept back then like it wasn't like something that we because we expect it now right like I mean I feel like and I
1: you know in reading his like very extensive biography you know one of the things I learned about him is like he never really claimed that the Muppets were for kids anyway oh. but, like, he was like like, I will say, you know, let me drop some knowledge. This yeah. is how be, I will get, Um, you know, the name of like, there's two pilots for the Muppet show, and one of them was called Sex and Violence. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, yes, we have, we're doing like the educational side of that. You know, that's your Sesame Street, right? Right. Your Fraga Rock. But he was like, listen. Like this is this isn't necessarily for kids, so you know. I mean, I, I think you know, kids. Now I'm gonna sound like an old person. Kids in the '80s were built different. Like, uh-huh. I mean, no one really was like, maybe we shouldn't be showing kids this stuff.
0: Right. So we watched
1: anything. But I, I honestly, he was just like, no, this isn't necessarily for kids. We're gonna have some good times. We're gonna talk about sex and this. I mean, there's a scene about. um, Uh, adultery in this movie
0: that's right
1: you know and I love that scene I love that joke you know and so that I always remember that kind of underlying thing and I think that of course like Roger Ebert would never realize that because I don't think Mm -hmm. he ever he never took it seriously so
0: right yeah that's a great point. Yeah, because it is really easy to forget, especially when people are born in this century, to not understand and realize that we didn't have kid-centric content in the way that the generations now have. Right, like, <clears throat> like there's literally like I think when when did Nickelodeon get introduced? I don't even remember. I think it was like I- it was like the eighties. I feel, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they
1: were torturing those kids all, I mean, behind the scenes too, but they were like on the screen and, you know, that was, I mean, what's that move, that show, you can't do that on television. And is that the one where they're like literally grinding kids into a meat (laughs) grinder and like the opening credits, someone's going to correct me. It's either you can't do that on television or the electric company. I don't remember, but
0: oh my god i haven't heard that in forever like what Uh, yeah because like i remember kid content being on pbs yeah right like i don't know i don't know if zoom was on pbs but like that was like the only thing or like you had fat albert right like that was right like there wasn't there wasn't a ton and it was like the saturday morning cartoon block was really it and then, and then, you know, you watch some of the stuff and you're just like, like you said, you're just like, yeah. This one's for children.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, think about like all those like creepy cartoons, like all of the, you know, like the, the Rats of Nem, which I still can't watch because it really creeps me out.
0: Mm-hmm. Of, like,
1: you know, All Dogs Go to Heaven. It's literally a movie about cats dying. Yeah. And so I don't know if it means like they didn't care about our feelings. They're just like, I mean, this is a movie and let's, if you want say. to get your kids, that's fine. Maybe you, that's yeah. you, <laughs> maybe, maybe you shouldn't. That's up to you, man.
0: Maybe you shouldn't. That's up <laughs> to you,
1: man. I can't make your choice for you, you know. Yeah. And I, that's why I prefer like the OG Muppets. Yeah. New ones, even though they're great, you know, I guess like post Disney.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: is like, is when they like the innocence factor Got, yeah,
0: they gets oh, a little bit more sadder, um, sanitized. Yeah. Right, and it's great. You know,
1: mm-hmm. I still love you know Christmas Carol and all that, but there's something about those like early '80s films that are just like, and maybe that's why I still find them funny to this day, mm-hmm. because they did not like, you know, I guess uh, distill their jokes just to make it palatable for kids. It was just like, no, this yeah. is a good
0: joke. <laughs> Yeah, um, the what is the creature? He's like the big fluffy thing, and he's like, oh, "I'm a monster." And then he's the one that falls into the thing, into the man. Yeah, mall.
1: Sweetums.
0: Thank you, Sweetums. He was on there because, like, the fairy tale theater on PBS was big, right? Oh, and we were. Yeah. He was. I forget which one he was on, but that was like my first like permanent memory of him. Wasn't from necessarily the Muppets, but from this, and he's like the big scary guy in this particular fairy tale theater, and I can't remember which one. I just oh, remember. I God. can. I can see the smoke that he walks through, and he's coming in, and he's doing his voice and being terrified. Yes.
1: <laughs> and just like no, yeah, we're not going to explain why, <laughs> and we're going to call him Sweetums.
0: Yes. <laughs> It's so good. Um, the review of the New York Times also seems to disagree with Roger Ebert because the Times said, for the most part, the Great Muppet Caper keeps its whimsy well disciplined. Um, and they had other things to say too, but I felt like that was like a really good like pull quote from them. Yeah, they said they uh they did give it a little bit of praise and really did get into how it felt like it was truly part of the Muppet universe. Whereas Ebert was like, I can't believe the Muppets would ever do this. (laughs) Like, come on, Ebert, where's your imagination? Right. Have you not seen the
1: the Muppets take Manhattan?
0: (laughs) And honestly, like when, like, okay, so Animal's my favorite. I didn't tell you that in the beginning, but watching it this time, watching Animal in this one, which he doesn't have a huge role, But his role is still crucial. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this makes my dating life make so much sense. Do you love to read, but then hate the screen adaptation so much you're left to wonder, did they even consult the source material? Or... Are you the type who refuses to watch the screen adaptation of your favorite book? Maybe you're the type who loves to compare the book to the screen adaptation. If any of these resonate, then Jelly Pops Book Club is the book club for you. We read book to screen adaptations and dissect their differences, discuss whether or not the screen captures the themes of our beloved books, and how the screen adaptation measures up. Sometimes there are guests, and sometimes it's just me, Julia Washington. Jelly Pops Book Club was born from our parent show, Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. We covered quite a few book to screen adaptations over there, and our Patreon community wanted more, so we started a live book club. Now, that live book club has inspired this show. In our book club, you can read the book, or watch the screen adaptation it's not like your junior year english class where you'll get dinged if you write your essay based on the movie if you're interested in our live book club head on over to patreon.com julia washington to learn more in the meantime be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode thanks for tuning in y'all So I want to ask you how your view over time has changed because you're in the Muppets for the long haul. Like you've been a fan forever and the evolution has been kind of interesting. So I would I'd Hmm. love to know what your opinion is on that.
1: Um, I mean, it took me a while to really get into the post Disney ones. Right. I didn't see muppet treasure island or the christmas carol until well after it come out because i was mm. like no i mean they're not gonna have any like cursing in it
0: <laughs> which honestly that was did. like the best part because it was like oh mom and dad let me watch this but they said right. bad
1: words they cuss all over this movie and yeah. so i'm like i don't know what it says about me as a kid i was like they're not even gonna cuss in it well <laughs> keep it but yeah like i still appreciate what they are now because those movies, I guess like their middle stage movies, still keep in, you know, that levity, that joy, that, you know, we're all family, we're all weird mm-hmm. together, and we're just going to solve whatever problem this is. And the, and the human cast members, which is important, this is important to me, is that the human cast members weren't the stars of the movie. right they were, unless you you count, like, Michael Caine, obviously, but if they were, like, a a big role, they took that completely seriously, and they were just, like, yeah, um, this is, I'm gonna do Shakespeare, yet tomorrow, and do, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol today, and there's no change in between those two things, and Mm -hmm. so I appreciate that. Now, like, their modern ones, you know, it's been, like, kind of an up and down for me, you know, like, they've had, the Muppets Now, um, and then the Muppets, and then mm-hmm. I think like what as a fan, you know, they kind of like lost a little bit of that joy. Like there's always an undercurrent of joy in there. Mm-hmm. They lost a little bit of that. Like they they made Piggy and Hermit get divorced. They would never do that.
0: <laughs> I would never think that. I would think that Piggy would be like oh Ker- you know what I mean because she's so obsessed with Kermit like that right. is her person
1: that's her person he is just as obsessed with her you know they love each other I mean they got married I mean yeah like, but it's like that and it kind of like takes the air out of out of the balloon for, her, for for people like me I guess
0: yeah and I think
1: now they're getting back to it like they're getting back to where they used to be like with the new show with Muppets Mayhem I'm mm-hmm. like this is it this is the mo- this is the show we've been waiting on okay oh,
0: you know
1: if you're not gonna do the- if you're not gonna bring the Muppet show back you know this is the one that in like Jason's uh Seagulls movie um is it just called the Muppets yeah, yeah it's
0: the Muppets mm-hmm. yeah
1: that one is like okay if there's gonna be a Muppet mm-hmm. movie that's like current have it be written by like a super fan like Jason, mm-hmm. Segal, because they're, he's going to get it you know so yeah
0: we went and saw the jason siegel one when it came out and i think my son was eight at the time and we enjoyed it so much because i was a little worried i was like oh is this gonna be like what i remember and then it just kind of ignited the whole this was great and then that's what prompted the okay let's buy seasons one and two yeah. Um. And then we did watch those kind of on repeat for a while. Now I don't know where they are because we've moved, and I don't know where anything is. Almost a year later, still to this day, I'm just like, oh, I didn't unpack this room yet.
1: Uh- <laughs> They'll reappear when it's time when you when need it-
0: them. Exactly. But yeah. it is. It is like, if there isn't a little bit of grit, is it even the Muppets?
1: Right. Yeah. I think it's like. I think that's what they did so well. Is they figured out that balance of grit. Mm-hmm. and like subversive comedy and just like silliness silly antics you know and, th- and that movie I like got really emotional because I went by myself to see it because you know who would I take um and I it was like it brought back all the memories that, as a kid that I had of watching the Muppet show mm-hmm. I mean when they played the Muppet show theme mm-hmm. it was a- oh
0: god here it is yeah you got me in my fields, you bastards (laughs) one of the things that I think the Muppets always did really well too was all the cameos like the ones in the great Muppet caper some of them was like okay I know who these people are and then some of them was like no I think that's somebody who was really famous at the time I need to look them up because it's been 40 years
1: (laughs) yeah and I mean I think like and a lot of too it really kind of reminds me like just how much of an of a tv nerd i was at the time Mm -hmm. because like i'm watching and i'm like oh my god that's john cleese and Joan sanderson from faulty towers doing like this perfect scene that could have been from faulty towers but it's like not everyone's gonna know that yeah you know and in like a five second cameo of like peter ustinov playing a truck driver where he's like this like really serious yeah. was just I mean it was just perfection for me
0: yes I love that you called out the John Cleese scene because the whole time I was like why does that look like John Cleese <laughs> <laughs> why do I why does he sound like John Cleese why does he, why does he appear to be John Cleese yeah yes yes because again it's been forever since I've seen this movie so there's like the little bits where I'm like wait a minute I gotta pull out those files from my brain um and it just it was a reminder too of how brilliant John Cleese can be and and in his work as a comedian and oh so good yeah um one of Roger Ebert's uh complaints was when they land when Kermit and Fozzie land in the pond when they first get to England and the guy that they talked to really famous guy at the time and Ebert was like they could have really leaned into that better and I and I was like I just felt like he did such a great job. Like, I forget the, yeah. the guy's name,
1: but, I I was, think you.
0: but he was very famous in England at the time. And, you know, he just sort of played the the role the way he played. And I just thought he did a good job.
1: The cameos were just enough. Like, yeah, they never under overstayed their welcome this guy was there to make the adults, you know, like, oh, here, there he is. But also like drive the plot forward and be like, this is the hotel you're going to. And why would they have a list of free hotels? Or what did he say? Like hotels to park your carcasses.
0: Yes. Why would that be a thing? (laughs) Right. And you nailed it because if you have a cameo that steals the scene, that's a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a problem with like, like the Muppets, what's the, the Muppets Most Wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Like of people love that movie and no offense. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was just like, all right, I get it. Like, there's no reason for like all of these like cameos to have like an extended plot line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I want to see Gregory Hines skate. Like this is going back to the Manhattan. I want to see Gregory Hines in tiny shorts, roller skating around a park. And that's all we need. That's for- all we need. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it may have been like a sexual awakening for me, but
0: still. <laughs> I love that!
1: <laughs> and that's why I, I was like deeply in love with Gregory Hines as well. So maybe because of that movie, I don't know, but... No, but that's such a great sexual awakening moment. Yeah. Yeah. Just like him in the science shorts. I'm like, I'm like, I may, I may watch Manhattan today, but... <laughs> and, and, and speaking of like fairytale theater... Um. God. What is his name? Jeff. Not Jeff Daniels. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges was in like the um, God, the Rapunzel episode. I think. And I still remember. I had to have been like, I'm oh, like six, maybe. I still remember that he was wearing leather pants. Mm. To mm-hmm. this, I'm 44 years old, and I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Let me store that for later I don't understand what I'm feeling but this is coming up
0: Alrynthia, I just love that you came here today I feel like this was so enjoyable and I feel like despite what Roger Ebert thinks you know our regular listeners know that we constantly disagree with him yeah and this movie is super fun and I felt it held up pretty well so too,
1: I mean, I feel like the, like a few of the jokes are like, ooh, okay, but like, I think for the most part, it, it holds up. And I think as a comedy writer, just like the pacing of like the jokes and like how they bring things back and all of that, like it's very, mm-hmm. I feel like it's very tightly controlled. It's like controlled chaos. It doesn't, it's not going in three different directions, it's going in like 10 different directions. Right. But like in a controlled like explosion, you know, and mm-hmm. so I-, I can nerd out on this movie for hours, and I'm sure we- no one wants to hear a three hour podcast episode about this, but I I am up to that challenge. But yeah, it's 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 insane. This is
0: where we announce that Elrinthi and I are starting another podcast where we go through every single thing in the Muppets catalog. (laughs) Every
1: single one, starting with the coffee commercials. Let's just do it.
0: it. (laughs) I don't think such a podcast exists, actually.
1: Who knows? I mean, if they are, it's probably like hosted by a man. I mean, sorry, men, but I feel don't like- all
0: apologize to men. We're okay. <laughs> yeah, we never-
1: Like, what am we don't, I doing? We this is a platform-
0: I know, right? Alrenthea, this is a safe space. We have some male <laughs> listeners, but they understand.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys could get it. Okay, like, no. Even though Jim Henson was a man, maybe he was like one of the only men that is above. I mean, I, and, then, and then we'll find out that he did something crazy, but still.
0: <laughs> I mean, they've done a really good job of keeping his image very, like- untarnished so it does make you like I choose to believe that that is the truth because he brought us so much joy (laughs) yeah yeah I mean and maybe he did some LLC
1: sometimes that's cool
0: (laughs) I hear it helps with the creative process actually and it did yeah there you go I was telling a friend the other day, I was like, uh, Moonwalker, the Michael Jackson movie, is the um, reason why I never did hallucinogenics because that movie is one big hallucination.
1: I'm <laughs> like, that's one of those things, like, did that really exist? Or did we all like collectively dream that up? Like was it wasn't right. like Kazam or was it Kazam? Whatever the whatever that movie is doesn't really exist. That everyone was like, Oh no, there's a movie called Kazam and it doesn't, it doesn't really exist. Um, but yeah, Moonwalker. That was an every weekend watch for me and my sisters.
0: My dad would put it on every time he was home because he worked graveyard shift when we were kids. And like, it was on rotation. Yeah. I was posting about it in my stories one day and a friend of mine was like, absolutely not. I will never talk with, about that show. You will, you can never make me watch that movie again. It's terrifying. <laughs> and I'm over here like, really? Like, I know I'm scared of tarantulas because of it. But like, other than that, I thought it was a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what
1: part is like, it's troublesome for you. Michael Jackson turning into a rocket ship or yeah. a, a little girl getting kidnapped? Which one?
0: Which part? which part was hard
1: going straight was, into a concert hey you know what it happens
0: it happens and then my so of course by proxy my son grew up on it as well because we grew up on it and then you know I was like well honey you have like this you are my blood so here we go and then you know he's with his friends one day and is like mom none of my friends have ever heard of moonwalker I'm like it exists I swear <laughs> <laughs> tell
1: your friends to watch it <laughs> the whole I you would get it I mean I'm sure it's on prime somewhere the
0: whole thing is on YouTube the entire front to back is on YouTube
1: oh nice uh,
0: like the whole theater well it didn't release theatrically in the states but you can't you could get it on dv or uh actually yeah I think you could get it on dvd in the 80s because they were so yeah. new. I mean or I mean, knew I knew we had lasers. on vhs I know we had it we had because like my dad had a friend who owned um um uh record slash movie store and turns out because I was so sad when this place closed down because we had access to like everything I thought it was the greatest thing in the world turns out he was doing all kinds of fraud <laughs> mm. like <laughs> bootlegging shit like all kinds of just like the kids hey. came in and were like you know what you're not you're bad
1: <laughs> all you need is two VCRs in the 80s and then you could just make make money you can make mm-hmm.
0: it <laughs> but I was like, how the fuck did we have a copy of The Song of the South?
1: God, Yes.
0: How the fuck did we have a copy of Moonwalker? Like, I had a list of movies where I'm just like, these movies we watch all the time, you know, Sound of Sound, they probably shouldn't have. But like, and no one else in my life knows, like, well, that doesn't exist. I'm like, I swear to God it exists. Well, because, you know, my dad had a friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, I told someone else about Rags to the Riches. Do you remember that show? Yes and they're like, like what what is it? I was like honestly I couldn't tell you what that show was about but I know Tisha Campbell was in it and I know it is real and I feel like it was like on the same night as Facts of Life and it's like and it, people just don't have any con- any like context for that and I'm like yeah they saying. it's like Kids Incorporated yes like, people have been posting Kids Incorporated videos on TikTok and I'm like we were a wild time for television you know it
0: really was um Alrinthia, it was such a joy to have you on please let everybody know where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online
1: uh yeah you can find me on socials instagram twitter i guess threads
0: <laughs> right uh, I, I, you know
1: spill i think i'm on that i'm on hive i'm Alrynthia everywhere i'm literally the only Alrynthia. On the planet at this point. So you can unique, find
0: unique. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: The one and only. The no one and copy. only. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, check out a black lady sketch show on HBO before, you know. I mean, this last season was the last season. So you've got some time. Hopefully they won't take it off the platform. They've done most pe- most other things, but you can watch it then. I'm not on it, but I wrote
0: on it. <laughs> but you wrote on it, and yes. that is fantastic and wonderful because it every time it lost to snl i was like it's a fucking crime (laughs) this show is funnier. friends so it was bothering me about when nickelodeon started and and so i looked it up and according to the internet it launched on april 1st 1979 i was shocked to learn this because when i think of nickelodeon content i think of the mid to late 90s with like rugrats and all that i i literally couldn't tell you what was on nickelodeon in the 80s and maybe i could 15 years ago but that's just not my brain now anyway like i mentioned before check out Alrinthia's work whether it's her writing on black lady sketch show or her photography she is so talented and she will be back in upcoming episodes which i'm so excited about and yes one of them is about the muppets pop culture makes me jealous is produced and edited by me your host and if you want more of this show you can join us on patreon there you'll get extra episodes essays reviews about tv and movies and access to our studio audience happy social hour if you're not ready to commit to one of the paid tiers you can still join the community for free and i hope you join us over there because it is kind of fun at least it is for me If you want none of those things, then at the very least, join our mailing list. You can do that in the show notes. That way you stay up to date right from your email. And if you can hear my dog barking, well, that's just been her mood lately. And several of my friends think it's because there's a ghost in my backyard, which honestly, completely on brand for October. If you want to keep up with me, joining us on Patreon is probably the best way to do it. Or you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, the Julia Washington on both handles. Thanks for tuning in y'all until next time.